0: good morning good evening or good afternoon to all of our listeners i welcome you to the most searched podcast on hr topics hr success talk academy in the series of this podcast we teach our audience different topics in talent management or hr whether you're a beginner intermediate or expert hr success talk academy is the place to upskill your hr knowledge let's begin
1: now the next question that comes across why leadership needs emotional intelligence when they think that they know all these things in the office they know it all so why do they
0: need it now so i believe that you know there are so many studies out there that has you know proven studies that the best and the most successful leaders have highly developed you know emotional intelligence and others and today i was reading this book uh, which is good to great. how do you go from good to great? And then there's something called level five leadership. You know, so I was kind of you know looking at uh, the traits. And you know one trait that stood out which was common between an emotionally intelligent leader and a level five leader was that uh, when it comes to taking credit and when it comes to giving credit, you know, this is very nice, right? When there is a big achievement, the leader gives credit to the team. And uh, very much so as an emotional intelligent leader, because you know that you can't do anything alone. You know, any success that happens, even though you're leading it, it happens because you have a team and you give that credit to the team. Similarly, are you looking in the mirror or are you looking out of the window? So, so what these level five leaders would say is that, uh, I was lucky, I was lucky I had the best people. We were in the best of times. They never took credit themselves for the amazing success that you know, they delivered. So uh, So when a leader, right So when a leader who um, is really high on AI, they are more likely to stick around uh, as, uh, versus those who have not had any kind of emotional intelligence training per se. Um, and when a leader does fail usually it can be attributed to a lack of emotional competence they were not able to lead people emotionally Uh, there was no connect and truly exceptional performance in the group um you know when i look at what are those things which leaders really you know who are emotionally competent there would be some six competencies that would stand out number one of course drive for achievement and this is why you know you if you're a leader and you don't have drive for achievement and this is a competency of emotional intelligence and of course leadership per se and not just alone leadership, also team leadership. Which means you're connect with the team. You know, not just about leading, um, uh, like a, like a transformational leader with a vision, with the clarity, with a, you know, with the connect, but also with teams. How are you connecting? How are you embracing? How are you taking them together? Then self confidence, very important. Self confidence, uh, which comes from uh, that yes, uh, there is this unwavering uh, resolve or let's say um, you know th- this uh, this knowledge that yes i can do it again um, when it comes to self-control self-confidence of your own emotions very very important and very very crucial then comes organizational awareness and finally influence and the last two are about how aware are you of where your organization needs to go and what are you how are you influencing people and how are you taking them up with you? So I when I look at um, a leader who uh, wants to make it big, you know, either they are going to make it big because they have these competencies. And if I look at people who have failed, it will be usually due to a lack of emotional competence. Because not, let's not call out strategy or culture and all of that, because if as a leader, you're responsible for taking your organization from point A to point B. And you were unable to do it many studies have showed it is it is not about strategy it is more about connect with the people which probably you don't have or you were too hard on you know um, business tasks and you were not looking at people and you know so so again level five leaders or great to good leaders or good to great leaders really first look at which people who are the people that they're going to take on the bus and then they figure out the what part so i really you know um, t- today when reading the book i was really you know um, um, just thinking about how um, uh, transformational leadership is nothing but emotional intelligent leadership you know and yeah those are my thoughts on why leadership and why emotional intelligence is important for any leader you know to really take his organization from point a to point b
2: um i i agree with all the points that uh, saloni has mentioned um, just wanted to compliment a few things. Um, one of the lines I like in this book, Good to Great, is uh, that uh, good is the enemy of the great. And I, I love how uh, this is uh, elaborated. Um, often we, we when we get good, we just stop at it. And we don't aim for great. And this is why uh, he says that good is the enemy of great. We just uh, become complacent with good enough. Um, with uh, I've, I've already shared a couple of examples around leadership. Um, see, another thing which I, um, um, with reference to, again, Invisible Leadership Program um, that we do, which is all around emotional intelligence, this is why I keep talking about it. Um, the thing that we believe is that, that um, uh, an organization um, functions like a, a robot, uh, a, a boat, in which there are many people who are driving it, right? um, When we take an example of uh, of bus, so this is one of the things uh, which, uh, sorry, Saloni, but um, in that book, Good to Great, uh, the example of bus, I actually don't, <laughs> don't agree with that part. Uh, that's the only part which I don't agree, by the way. Rest, everything is very good in that book. Um, so I believe that whether it's a bus or it's a luxury bus or even it's a plane, uh, the analogy is that there is one driver um, and then rest of the people are are sitting in it um, the, what, the analogy we wish to take uh, when we talk about emotional intelligence and mindfulness is is a robot which uh, which has several drivers so in fact everybody sitting in the boat is driving it and unless everyone puts their uh, full efforts um, they can't win the race uh, the robot race that happens so everyone is uh, is equally important um, So, importance of of developing um, emotional intelligence at leadership level, uh, it's imperative, it's non-negotiable. We believe that good companies have good leaders at the top, but great companies have great leaders at every level. It has to be developed at every level. It cannot just stop at, at top level only. And uh, by leadership, we are talking about quality. We are not talking about the job title of the person. They're still doing whatever they are doing, whatever their KPIs are, whatever their job title is, they're still doing that work. Um, But with what kind of quality, what kind of intention they turn up to work, how much ownership and responsibility they take of their area, that is uh, what we develop. And, um, and again, leadership and emotional intelligence goes hand in hand um, without developing um, emotional intelligence, which uh, breaks down into self-awareness, empathy, self-regulation. Without developing those competencies, you cannot be a good leader or a great leader. You, you cannot. Just um, it's, uh, it's not possible. Uh, some people who you feel that they are good leaders or great leaders may not have um, developed these skills consciously but may have uh, inherited this. Uh, They have already, they're born with such kind of skills. Some people have these natural tendencies to be self-aware, to be more empathetic and all that. So whether you learn it or whether you have naturally acquired it, it's required. It's just uh, that way that I see. Um, Another example that comes to my mind is once uh, one of the leaders uh, we were talking to, and he mentioned that, he he wasn't he wasn't very much opening up with his team uh regarding uh, what's going on in the team and all that so um he would be like that uh i i'm the leader of the team so i just need to disclose as much as i need to disclose uh, like that so the team would also uh, treat him like that so one time he tried uh, something he said that um uh, what i will do is um, he started disclosing uh, much more of his uh, tender side with the team, right? So if there is uh, something happening in the team that is happening in the company which is bothering him, uh, he would actually start to show that to the team rather than hiding it and putting up a brave face that everything is good and all that. Uh, he would just lay it out like the way it is. And very surprisingly, he started to see that the team started supporting him more. Because now they are seeing a very vulnerable side of their leader, uh, that he's also a human being, he also he also bleeds. So uh, when they started to see that, uh, the dynamics changed. Team started to feel that he's not immortal. Okay? He's not. Uh, he he also can make mistakes. He also hasn't figured out everything, and he's also worried about what's going on and all that. Um, so that didn't really bring down uh, any kind of. Uh, position in their eyes so much, but uplifted uh, that uh, that he's coming out uh, so openly. And the team also started to share uh, what they are worried about and, uh, and, and things like that. So everything uh, came on the table from both sides. And when everything came on the table from both sides, there is uh, a better way of dealing with it rather than both sides assuming. And when both sides assume, too much misunderstanding uh, starts developing uh, from both sides, because no one is talking, no one is disclosing anything. Both of them are putting a brave face while they are all afraid. So, by doing that, as the leader uh, took the step first, um, he showed the way to his team that uh, it's okay. It's okay if something is troubling you, is making you afraid, and all that. It's okay. Just let's put it out, and uh, and we will figure out. And he said that uh, it it was so easy. Um, We don't have to, you know, beat around the bush or try to create something that is not there just to, you know, save the face or something like that. So so that's as important as, I think, that uh, emotional intelligence is uh, for a leader to embrace. So, you know, it is so
0: true, especially for leaders when they are... um, you know, like, there would be a leader uh, and people would, like, first check the mood. How is the boss, what's his mood like? And then we're going to go and tell him. So if the mood is not good, we're not going, not going to break the bad news to him. And so, uh, the leader is so very much responsible for the emotional climate that he offers to his people. Because he doesn't understand, but his mood is impacting the team. And, uh, I mean, it is such a fallacy if because of his own style, people hide stuff for him. Why? Because they're not sure whether they can really be open enough. So rightly pointed out. When leaders start sharing, you know, their teams start sharing more because there's more openness, there's more transparency, and and also this this fear of you know being uh, you know given the stick or um, just because something is not happening well, you know, there's there's a ownership that the leader takes, and the the team feels that you know it's not like um, something that I'm responsible for alone, you know, I, I have lived in the team entire team with me. So, yeah, great share.
1: Well, I can resonate with the point where you say the boss is shouting and who is going to break the news to him? <laughs> well, I have been the news most of the times. So irrespective of the mood, facts and all, I know that this the problem has happened. I have to go ahead and tell him or her, okay. And with along with that, I bring across the solution also to the table that okay, fine, this has happened. We have solved it. And this is the next process that we are making so that this does not repeat it again. So again, that's a different kind of a style. And let's say uh, most of the times it happens that I have so many uh, team members, okay, not only of my team of different departments where there's certain assumptions they have made for their particular reporting manager and nobody's ready to talk. Then I have to intervene, make them sit and I stop saying that, that okay, fine, don't assume, talk to each other, find out a solution, close it and move forward. And that is the problem, like that's what I see that I've been talking to so much of my uh, current team members understanding that what they have been going through in their personal life, nothing related to the office, nothing related to the workplace, okay, and then they're coming up with so many things, okay, that this is what they have been thinking, this is what they have been thinking about their career, something didn't work out and this happened and so on, and the flow of communication is so like natural. It does not feel like that any of the parties are lying to us or maybe something like that. And earlier, I, I used to assume that why they don't talk? Why they don't come up with the anything as such? And now when I have opened up that platform for them, it's easy to come. So I was also assuming. I would not say that I was not. Okay. So as soon as we break the barriers into our mind, everything is simple and clear. We only make it complex.
0: The leader's social skills really, you know, um, make the the gates open. How how cool or how, um, you know, uh, accessible he is to his team and, and his social skills in creating those rapport, creating those bonds with the team really matters. And if people feel that, yes, you know, we can reach out, we can talk to the person, we can talk to our boss, it's because that person has made it so comfortable for them that they can come back if they are facing any issue, any challenge.